Amen. Are y'all ready? Who needs sermon notes? Wave at me. Good, everybody got them. All right. Well, there they are. There they are. They're going like this. Ain't nobody see that, huh? I, you know, if you never raise your hands, this is where you start, right here. And then, oh, thank you, Lord. I just want to worship you. Oh, man, everybody saw me. That's, you saw, that's the enemy. You know, lift your hands and worship God. You're going to stand before him one day in front of millions. Heaven's going to be full of millions. You need to learn how to worship him now. Amen? So we're in a series talking about the faithful. Say, I'm the faithful. Come on, if you're not, get there. That's why we're talking about this. It's time to get faithful. And today we're going to talk about being an athlete because Paul used an athlete as one that's faithful. And so, uh, you know, Paul knew and instructed Timothy. Timothy was a pastor, and he instructed him to train people what, what I've taught you. And uh, so, so we're going to teach a little bit. And uh, Paul was just like Jesus and used examples. Amen? Used parables, examples, like, liking unto's and all that good stuff. And so let's read our, our scripture in 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. And it says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me uh, say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable or faithful people who are, who, are also, uh, who also be qualified to teach others. I'm teaching you because it's time to you to get ready to teach others. If you got kids, you got to teach those kids. If you got youth, put them in a box and feed them through the hole and still teach them. That's an old joke, you know. It said when a, when a youth turn uh, 15, you put them in a box and you feed them through a hole. When they turn 18, you just nail it shut and uh, just kidding, just kidding. But we've got to teach, and you know what? It's up to you to make your children qualified. Come on. And, and God's going to put people in your life, and I'm going to show you in just a minute. Uh, and uh, in verse 3, he said, join me in the suffering, oh, no, like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer, who is Jesus. Verse 5, similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete, everybody say athlete. You may not be one, you may not and have never been one, but you can do the work of an athlete, and that's what we'll talk about, and does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Verse 6, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops, Verse 7, reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. So, so, Father, we ask for insight on all of this. As I speak, maybe I don't speak exactly what they need to hear, but Holy Spirit, you're the teacher, and teach them, and as we reflect on these things, show them things that they need to work on in their life. So, I'm not a clothesline preacher. Drive by your house and see, yeah, yeah, boy, they got, they got the clothes out there. They need to mow. The yard's dirty. I'm, I'm not going to look in your life and call you out. People say, well, you preach right to me. Well, that wasn't me. That's the Holy Spirit. I, I don't, I'm not in the condemnation business. I'm in the lifting up and get you out of the muck and mire and into Jesus. Okay? I may talk about what's bad because you need to get out of it. Maybe you never, never knew that was bad. You know? Eating dirt's bad. Okay? So anyway, so, so the second image we're talking about today of a faithful Christian is an athlete. And as we look at this, uh, I'm, um, you know, we're going to talk about, so verse 5, I'm going to read it one more time. 
Anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except they're uh, by com- competing according to the rules. The Word of God is our rule book. And you know, when, when I was a kid, it's, you don't do this and don't do that and don't do this. But it's what you can do when you serve God and you decide that you're going to start pleasing God with your life and lay your life down, you're going to start living the best life. So you think you got it figured out, and I'm not going to give God this because I'm enjoying this, and I'm not going to give God that because I, I can do this. I don't need God. That's what you're saying. When you're doing stuff to please you, what do, what do I say? Uh, the best five words is what does the Word say? The worst ten words is I just want to do what I want to do. Oh, I've had people in my family tell me that. You can't do that because you're heading to sin. All right, okay, number one. Let's dig in. Yeah. The image of an athlete reflects the need for character. Character. Do you know who knows if you're keeping the rules or not? It's not the referee on the football field, the referee on the basketball field. It's not your boss. It's Jesus. He's the one that we got to please. If you're pleasing him, you're going to please everybody else. And if you're pleasing him and everybody else, then, you know, he's the one that matters. And so, but he has set up rules to follow, and it's character. What you do when nobody's looking, how you're thinking, and what you're mouthing when only you're telling. Somebody said, well, I said, y'all, that's gossip. You can't do that. Well, we do that in our house all the time. I'm like, but it's spilling over into the community. It's coming into the church. You can't do that at home. Well, nobody knows. Jesus knows. Be sure your sin will find you out, is what we used to teach the kids. Be sure your sin will find you out. It spills over because your kids are listening. You want to have fun? Go teach the five-year-olds. My mom and daddy had a fight this morning. And my mama told my daddy, and they said, you need to go hear what the pastor said today. You know, they're going to tell it all. They're listening. They're listening, and they know if you keep the rules or not. Mm-hmm. They know, and so does the person you're working beside at work. They know if you keep the rules or not. They know if you're bad-mouthing the boss. You know, it's, 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 so we have got to control our tongue. That's our, our biggest part of our character because, see, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so your character shines through your words. Okay, I know this is tough. So we're going to get into some fun here in just a minute. And so, so as we look at this, we must, we must want to be in the game. Hey, is there a picture of a stadium up there? No? Anybody ever been to a stadium, a football field, a basketball field? So let's just talk about this being the football field, okay? And we got, we got people in the crowd. Guess what? There are people on the interstate out there. They don't have a clue what's going on in here. You go by Minute Maid Park in Houston, there, there could be a game going on. All you go, there's a stadium. People drive by here and say, there's a church. They don't know what we're about. How about you? You have your uniform on? Last week we talked about being a soldier. You got your helmet of salvation, your breastplate of righteousness, or your feet shod with the preparation of gospel peace. Do you have your shield of faith up? Do you have it up? Will you have it up tomorrow? 
See, you're in the game whether you like it or not. You're in the game, athlete, and, and you have got to, to play by the rules or you're defeating yourself. If, if you are you always offsides in football, you're never going to make it to the goal. And the goal in life is for us to please Jesus. That's the goal, not to please ourselves, but to please Jesus. Amen? So, so we're in the game. And don't be listening to people that aren't in the game. But how many of you know, you ever been to a game and the people in front of you aren't even paying attention and you're trying to, well, y'all hush, I paid good money to come to this game and y'all not even paying attention. That's why you need to sit in the front. At church, Jesus is in the front, okay? I'm not Jesus, but because the further you get back, the more distraction there are. Look at him picking his nose. What is up with that? When is somebody going to get that spider web around that light up there? It's hot in here. See all the distractions? Remember last, last week we talked about that we can't be distracted as a soldier. We can't be distracted as an athlete. Let's go to number two. You know, Paul talks about an athlete a lot in, in, in the New Testament and, one, and the, the, the main thing he talks about is a runner. Running, 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 running. Run your race, okay? So number two, an athlete has to lay aside everything that's not God. Yep. Come on. We as an athlete, we got to lay some things aside. We chase the wrong things. Are you chasing God? In, in, in Galatians 5, 7, you were running well. What hindered you from obeying the truth? What hindering you? What is hindering you? What is getting your attention? Is it religion? Are you sitting and, and, and sitting there with a spirit of religion on you? Like, well, I don't know why they just prayed for those people. That, it's in the Bible. It's scriptural. I don't know why he did. I don't know why they got the stage like that. Well, we're trying to get a generation that doesn't know anything about church. Make them feel comfortable. Because I, I grew up in the area where if you preach the word, they'll come. No, they won't. Not if you don't hug their neck and shake their hand and make them welcome. Mm-hmm. They're like, I ain't ever going back to that church. Nobody spoke to me. There's things we have to do. We have to deal with people's flesh. Hey, everybody fanning. What does that mean? It's hot in here. Will somebody turn the air on? Come on, ushers. Where y'all at? Because I've been melting since 6 o'clock this morning. Anyway. So distractions. What's hindering you? Religion? How about your past? Can you cut your past loose? We're not keeping your past, uh, holding your past to you. You are. You got to cut your past loose. Number two, wrong thoughts. Did y'all see her face when I walked in? She don't like me. She had some bad pizza last night to watch her faces like that. It has nothing to do with you. But the wrong, see how, how the enemy comes and he gives us wrong thoughts? I mean, go smell her breath. It's bad. I mean, hey. How about feelings? Do you know the enemy works in feelings? I just don't feel like I'm saved today. It don't matter. You confess Jesus is Lord. You're saved. You get in the feeling realm, and you know what? I just don't feel. I, I. Notice we don't ever feel like not eating chocolate ice cream. Huh? Or chocolate pie. We don't ever feel that, you know, 
we, we got to maintain and control of our feelings. And, and that's, the Bible calls it walking by sight, just like I said. Look at that look they just gave me. Nah, 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 that has nothing to do. And even if they don't like you, Jesus loves you. It, hey, hey. Hey, hey. So, so, so Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne. He put God first on the cross. He was going through, he endured the cross looking in future at you. We're his children. He's the firstborn of many brethren. Anybody ever ran track? Anybody ever went to a track meet? Huh? Well, a few. So I'll tell you, the one and only track meet I ever was in uh, the coach came up to us. We, we were all basketball players. And he goes, we're running track, boys. Next weekend, we're going to a track meet. We've never even been to a track meet. Don't even know what they do at a track meet. It's our country we were. And um, it's going to get worse. So anyway, <laughs> he came and he said, I want you to do the high jump. You do the high jump. I want you to throw the javelin and the shot putt. I, I want you uh, to, to run uh, the 100-yard dash. I, I, he, touched, he said, you, I want you to run the mile. Uh, and and he said, you run the mile and you run the mile. And he said, and I need somebody to run the two-mile. Anybody want to two? And old Jojo, I'll, I'll run the two-mile. And I'm like, what? So, so we're going to a track. It's four times around the track. And I got a week to get ready. This is going to be embarrassing. Well, we had five acres. I ran around that five acres four times getting ready. You know, I noticed that, that uh, at the end of the track meet, nobody else got ready. And so, so coach said, run your race. Don't look at anybody else. I'm telling you, Christian, run your race. Quit comparing yourself to other people. You got to run your race. Your race is not my race, and my race is not your race. But you are running the race. And you need to run it with endurance. It's not a, it's not a, a, a one-and-done-over race. It's a long-distance race, and you're going to fight to the finish, and we're going to push forward. We got on the bus, drove to the track meet. They run the cows off the track. We shoveled the stuff that the cows left. They had a circle. They had a, a jump. I mean, you know, the only thing we didn't have was chickens. Man, I ran the, the mile, and I, 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 the, what I can say is I finished. Hallelujah. My buddies that were picked, they, didn't, they fell out in the second lap. But old JoJo said, I'm running two miles. He took off. Look at him go. We're cheering him. Go, man, go. He left them. He smoked them. Come all the way around, and he, oh, 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 you got seven more laps. You can't stop. <laughs> and he takes off as hard as he can. And then he stops. How many Christians you know like that? I love God. And they run as hard as they can. They burn themselves out. They fall out. They quit. They got hurt. Got mad. Church did this and that and the other. But they're not running the race. They're trying to beat everybody else. And the competition is not with other believers. Your competition, who's fighting you is the devil. And your race is your race. And God will have you speed up in his due time. And God will move you forward. 
One other thing about our track meet. So anybody know what the high jump is where you run and they circle and they jump backwards over the pole? Well, they had the pole at five feet starting off. And they had this other boy from another school who was six foot six, could jump, I mean crazy. But we had a boy that wasn't even quite six foot. And you know how he ran and did it? He did it like jumping a fence. <laughs> and he was good. He got second place. Leaping like jumping a fence. And the coach said, man, look at him. I said, he's been stealing chickens. That's how he's so good at that. <laughs> he puts that chicken under and he runs over there. I did. And uh, he jumping, he jumping it like a fence. He, got, he jumped six feet. I mean, he went over one leg at a time. They're going backwards. They've been trained. He wasn't trained nothing. But he could jump. You know what? Sometimes you got to do things your way as long as it's biblical. You do it your way. Sometimes God would lead you to do things different, to follow him in a different way. And what, but so, so, so let's, 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 let's go and put in that. Let's go to number three and talk about that a minute. Number three, an athlete follows the leadership of their coach. Your coach is the Holy Spirit. When's the last time you asked him what to do? When's the last time you asked him what to do? The Holy Spirit is sent to be your comforter, your guide, your attorney. He's, he, he's, he's with you. He's to give you wisdom, understanding to help you. And, and, you know, last Sunday I talked about my daughter calling me in nursing school. And she's saying, come on, I got a big test today. Pray for me. Pray for me. And I said, God, help her to remember everything she studied. You see, you got to do your part. But the Holy Spirit will empower your part. The Holy Spirit will make your part better. He'll make you look like you're the king of the world. To, to other people, I got a phone call one time. It was midnight, and I had to preach the next morning. And I was working uh, uh, for Motorola at the time, and they called me and said, we've got a technician been out there on that job. He's been there all day, and he cannot find the problem. And I began to pray, Lord, I can't be here all night. I got to preach in the morning. But Holy Spirit, you're my helper. This is how you do it. I'm not trying to help you. Holy Spirit, you're my helper. Help me. Show me what's wrong with this job. Show me what's wrong so that we can fix this and I can go home. As you know, I need to go home. I walk up on the job and I said, all right, what's the problem? He goes, man, the, the, the base right there does not work. And so I walk up and I said, well, I said, here's the three antennas. There's one, two, three. And I said, there's one right here. And when I slapped the coax, it fell out. Somebody had pulled the, the, the coax out of the antenna. And it worked part-time, or it didn't. When I slapped it, it wasn't supposed to fall out. I just touched it. It fell out. I said, there's the problem. I'll see you later. <laughs> Man, they ragged him because he worked all day. And I walk up in just two seconds, find the problem. It wasn't me, but I, my helper, my helper, the Holy Spirit is our helper. Man, you, I've had to stand before vice presidents of companies, and here I am. I'm a, you know, my, my accent is horrible. My English is not that good. I can write better than I can talk. But I said, Lord, you got to help me in front of all these people. I'm going to do this presentation. You're going to help me present this. And uh, I did one in Chicago at a school one time, and they had people from all every state. And this New Yorker come up to me, and he said, I was the last person to speak. He said, man, I enjoyed your, I enjoyed your presentation, but I couldn't understand a word you were saying. <laughs> he had that thick Italian accent from New York. And I said, you, because he knew people couldn't understand him, and he was making fun of me. 
The Holy Spirit will help you. He's our helper. But let's read what Paul did. Not only did he have the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 2, see, Paul was being led by the Holy Spirit and, and doing things with the Gentiles. But, but let's just look. In Galatians 1, 1 and 2, it says, Then after 14 years, what? He'd been serving God for 14 years, trying to walk out because he's the first one to go to the Gentiles. After 14 years, I went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas, and I also took Titus with me. Hey, hey, if you're called to ministry, you need to have somebody, your, your prayer partner. And you need to have somebody that has fruit in their life that you are doing a good job. Titus was Paul's man. Titus became a pastor. Titus was full of the Holy Spirit. Titus uh, was a, a Gentile. He wasn't a Jew. He was a Greek. But Paul brought him because this is, look, what, what, this, this, look at this guy. This is what God's doing. This is what God's doing everywhere we go. I mean, we ought to have some fruit, shouldn't we? We ought to have some fruit going on. Look, and he said, I went by revelation and communicated to them the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation. He went to Peter he went to, Peter was the, the, the lead apostle of the day, okay? And he went to James, who was Jesus' brother, but who was the pastor in Jerusalem. And they were a reputation that they, they judged everything that it was with God or not. And look, so he says, that I preach, I went to them privately, who are reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain, that what I'm doing is not right. He's going to hear, am I good? Is this good? At what I'm doing, is it good? But he brought Titus. He brought uh, Barnabas. He's standing before them, and he goes, we've been preaching the gospel. People are getting saved. Titus is with me, and, 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 and you know, he's full of the Holy Spirit. He, he's got the power of God. But listen, what it's saying is sometimes you need to go get some counsel. You need to chase counsel. I mean, he'd been walking with God doing this for 14 years. Well, why does he need to go down there and talk to them? Because he needs the validation from the Spirit of God and from them. Because you, God will put elders in your life. There's some right out over here. There's some over here. There's some over here. There's some over here that are elders that, that you can ask and get what the Holy Spirit's saying. It will bear witness with them whether they're doing it or not. James didn't go to any of the Gentiles. But he, I think it's 1 Corinthians 15 or 2 Corinthians 15, he sat down and talked with Jesus a long time after Jesus was resurrected. I heard somebody say that church history says that they called him camel knees because his knees were, ca were callous from him praying all the time. He was always seeking the counsel of the Holy Spirit, always seeking the counsel of the Holy Spirit. When you have somebody like that in your life, or somebody you can talk to and bounce things off of, your life gets a whole lot better. Your life gets a whole lot better. It's like praying the elders to pray for the sick. Life gets a whole lot better. And so they, he went to them for counsel. We all have to check with people that we trust that are full of the Holy Spirit to make sure we're on the right path. I do. I do. I, I, every guest minister come in there, what, 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 what do you sense? What, what do we need to change? What are we doing? 
You know, where are we at as, as in the spirit? What, you go across the country. What, what are we, where are we at? What do we need to change as a church? How do we need to do better? I'm always doing about better. We want to be better. And so you ask people that are full of the Holy Spirit, people that go to other places. I do. And, and call. I have people to call to the, the council here and, and, and around, the, around these United States. And God has linked us with some great people. Let's read, let's read 1 Corinthians 9, 24, and 25. 24 says, And do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is tempered in all things. Hmm? Tempered in all, that means exercise of self-control. Now, they... They do it to obtain a perish, perishable crown, but we do it for an imperishable crown. Our race is not about with other people. He's using that as an example, but our race is our race, and we've got to run it. We've got to run our race. What crown are we talking about? You want to receive, the Bible says that we're going to be rewarded when we get to heaven. And you're not going to get rewarded, well, they didn't let me do this, and I didn't know, nah, nah. You don't get rewarded for whining. You're going to get rewarded for doing. And you got to be a doer of the word. James said, be a doer. If, if, you're, going to, if you're going to have character, you got to do the rules. You got to do what God said. He said, draw close to me. Draw close to me. That's where you start, is drawing close. Don't go and start picking the rules apart. And let's draw close. And then the things that aren't of the rules that you're doing starts falling off. The Holy Spirit said, don't do that. Don't do that. People that run great races, they don't go and eat three quarter pounders and three extra, you know, before they run the next day. No. They have self-control. That means, I'm going to use an ugly word. I'm sorry. Sometimes you have to fast. And the other ugly word is Pray. Sometimes you have to fast and pray to hear what God's saying, to be led by God. Sometimes you have to get, you have to prepare your heart. You, you, you know, anybody going to eat Thanksgiving dinner? I ought to get, a, anybody, anybody raise your hand. I hope it's everybody. If you're not, I, I'll help you. How many of you ladies are already thinking about what you're going to cook? Preparing. Turkey dressing, whatever, ham, whatever, you know, green beans, corn, whatever. They're, they're already rolling around in their head preparing. Well, as a believer, you ought to be preparing. Every day you need to prepare. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Every day. What, what, what scripture are you memorizing? Man, I put a little book together. I hope you got one. We'll get them back out. But that book is promises that you need to memorize, that you ought to know. They ought to be in your heart. See, James 5, 14, we lay hands on the sick. We anoint them with oil. They will recover. Yes. It's in my heart. Matthew 8, 17, that Jesus bore our sickness and infirmities. And, and then 1 Peter, with his stripes we are healed. That's Isaiah 53, with his stripes we are healed. Why do I talk about healing a lot? I just get because everybody's sick. We're fighting sickness and disease. It's time to start fighting. Well, I'm just waiting on something to happen, then I'll go to the doctor. Go to the doctor, but you better pray first. 
We cast our cares over on the Lord, and you speak the word to yourself. That's what Jesus did. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Real quick, our purpose, our goal, again, is to please God, not ourselves. The Father said about Jesus, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. I would love for God to say, this is my beloved daughter, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Thou good and faithful servant, enter in. That, that's the place we want to be, right? That's our finish. We, come on, can we finish strong? Some of you got 10 years. Some of you got 20 years. Some of you have 30 years. But can we finish strong? It's appointed unto man once to die. I'm not, this is the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about death, but come on. I want to finish strong. You would need to want, I want to finish strong for God. I'm running this race. I need to run. I don't need to, <gasps> no, I need to get ready. I need to prepare. I need to start walking. I need to start moving towards the pleasing God. I need to please God with all my heart. And I want to step into pleasing God. And then you get a good job going. And this may be your pace the whole, your whole life. And that's wonderful because you're running the race God has set before you. Learn, learn what God wants you to do. Learn how he wants you to act. You know what? He never wants you to cuss anybody out. That's duh. That's not in your race. That's not a part of the rules, Right? Those are the simple ones. But how about touch not the unclean thing? What is that? There's a lot of unclean out there. Learn to, you know what, you may, ah, it's nothing, it don't bother me. But it bothers your kids. What if they can't handle it? What if your wife can't handle it or your spouse? Some things you give up just because. You want to please God and not yourself. Last thing, and we're going to pray. And I've said it already several times. The prize comes from pleasing the Father, not pleasing ourselves. Will you bow your head today? Look at your heart. Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you. And he was excited to see that you we're going to come to the kingdom. So I'm asking, will you give your heart to Jesus today? For the first time, you've never given your heart to Jesus. Will you give your heart to him? Say, that's me, Pastor Brad. I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Romans 10 says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, you know, it, it encompasses everything, that he was born of a virgin, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross, he rose again. Everything that he did, if you, if you accept that and believe that, he comes in, the Holy Spirit will baptize you in the body of Christ. If that's you, will you lift your hand and say, pray for me, I need Jesus. I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Oh, yeah, I see your hand, sir. Anyone else? That's three. We're still going, though. Maybe you're in here and you quit serving God. A long time ago, and you said, you know, I, I need to get my life right. I see your hand. There's another hand that came up. But maybe you haven't served him in a long time. Today's the day of salvation. 
Will you lift your hand? I see your hand, ma'am. Anyone else? Anyone else? Hmm. Hallelujah. Okay, so look at me. We're going to pray, but it's not over. Let me explain what we do. We're in a track meet. Let's just say this is our track field right here. On this side against this wall, we have people that will pray for you. They're doing the javelin and the shot put. They'll lay hands on you. And on this side, if you got saved today or you're giving your heart back to Jesus on this side, we have a couple over here that will give you information that will pray with you. And then you can have that assurance because I've got the assurance that I know I'm a child of God. And if you're living this life not sure, I don't know if I'm saved or not, you need to have that assurance and the Holy Spirit will give you that assurance. I can't quit. I can't quit. I can quit preaching. I can divorce my wife. It's not biblical. It happens. But I can't quit God. God's God. We have got to maintain our Christ walk. I can heal. Let me just speak over that too. I missed that earlier. Father, I thank you that you restore marriages in this place in the name of Jesus. I need to say that when we had the altar service. In the name of Jesus, restore marriages. So hear me. Let's all pray together with all these people that gave their heart to Jesus, that are coming back to Jesus. Let's do it together. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died for my sins. I accept him as Lord and Savior. Thank you, Father for saving me today. I believe it. It's mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at legacyfamily.info.